This weekend, we celebrate the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, or sometimes referred to as Trinity Sunday. It is that one weekend each year that we devote to remembering in a special way how we worship one God, but three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're looking for an eloquent explanation of exactly what that means, you came to the wrong place. Because it's really very difficult to put into words. We know that. It's a mystery. So throughout the centuries, people have used all kinds of analogies and stories and parallels and so forth to try to help us make sense of the Trinity. But in the end, only God can help us to make sense of the Trinity. In fact, it says as much in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The Catechism says the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity is the central mystery of the Christian faith. God alone can make it known to us by revealing himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So what I'd like to offer this morning is maybe one parallel that I've been meditating and praying about quite a bit lately. It's an analogy that's suggested by Karl Barth. Karl Barth is oftentimes quoted by Bishop Robert Barron in his writing and his speaking. In fact, Bishop Barron has said that Karl Barth was the greatest um, theologian of the Protestant church in the 20th century. Ironically, Karl Barth died on December 10th, 1968, which was the same day that Thomas Merton passed away. Maybe an interesting coincidence. Anyway, Karl Barth kind of drew this parallel that works for me and got me praying and thinking a lot, and maybe it will work for you a little bit this morning too. He said to think about God the Father as being what he called the speaker. You know, we have messages that we seek from God all the time. And God speaks to us in a variety of ways, through our, par- our prayer, through things that happen in our lives, through our reading of scripture. But in the end, there is a speaker that is behind that who has an important message for us to hear. We know that because even when we pray the creed every Sunday, we talk about how he has spoken through the prophets. The speaker has messages for us to hear. So 2,000 years ago, that speaker sent his only son to be with us, to preach, to live that life that we can then emulate in our lives. In John's gospel, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Son, is also can be thought of as the Word, capital W. And because the Word and the speaker are one, they are equal in power, equal in majesty. So the Father and the Son are one, and therefore when we pray the creed, we say they are consubstantial. They are of the same substance, the speaker and his word. But what happened, of course, we know when Jesus came and he spoke that word, people didn't understand him. If you go throughout the four Gospels, you hear over and over again the disciples saying, Jesus, what did you mean by that? Tell us what's really going on here. Can you give us a parable? And so Jesus would give them a parable. And then you know what happened? The disciples would say, can you tell us what that parable means? They were always confused and looking for the true meaning behind the word that he was trying to send to them. And so that word is clarified by the sending down of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, proceeds from the speaker and his word. And so Karl Barth refers to the Holy Spirit as the interpreter, as the one that allows us to be able to think deeply about those words that are being spoken and how to apply them to our lives. And that analogy actually makes sense when you think about uh, today's gospel. Jesus says, the Spirit will guide you to all truth. And he says, take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit's role then is to sanctify, to take that message of Christ and to make it real for us and to serve as an interpreter. Now that analogy never made more sense to me than in March of this year when I attended a conference. It was a three-day conference on female saints who are patronesses and or doctors of the church. And the conference took place in Rome. Thanks to COVID, I didn't go. But I did stay home and attended the conference from the comfy chair in our living room for three days. And at that conference, there were speakers from all over the world that talked about these various uh, female saints. But there was a problem. The problem was that the conference was hosted by a Spanish university in Rome. And so the official language of the conference was Spanish. Now anybody who knows me well knows that I don't speak a word of Spanish. I'm not proud of that, but it's a fact. So I would have no idea what's going on at this conference for three days, except that on the computer screen that was hosting the conference, in the lower right-hand corner, there's an icon of the American flag. And if you click on that icon, an interpreter comes on and tells you what's going on, translates it, and explains what that person is speaking about. So as you see, that conference had speakers from all over the world, they spent three days speaking the words, but without that icon, I would have been lost. And so the icon became the interpreter for me. And I like to kind of think about that image of the Holy Spirit in general, that we can kind of put that in the back of our minds and recognize that in our minds, in our souls, we have a little icon that looks like a dove or a flame and any time we can't make sense of what's going on in our lives, something that has happened to us, or maybe it's a reading of scripture or something that we're not making sense of, we can mentally click that icon and call down the power of the Holy Spirit to interpret, to help us to make sense of the world that we live in. And so that was Barth's model, this idea of speaker, word, and interpreter. And I think that that has some profound implications for us. And so I want to give you one example of that this morning. And maybe this comes from 31 years of teaching as a university professor across the street. Or maybe it comes from having directed RCIA for the last few years here. But one common question that I get all the time, and I'll bet you've gotten it or heard it, is, you know, I am a Christian. And if I go into my room and sit in a chair and close the door and read the Bible, isn't that good enough? After all, it's the same God and it's the same Bible. Do I really have to belong to a church? And for goodness sakes, do I actually have to go to Mass? Now those are really fair questions. And I know I'm preaching to the choir right now because you're here. But I also know that you know people in your life who are Catholic that maybe are not at Mass today. 
Or you may know others that are considering joining the church, but they're asking you that same question. Is it really necessary to belong to any particular faith in the first place? I think the Holy Trinity is a way to help us to think about that. Because let's suppose that that person goes into their room, closes the door, and sits with the Bible. There is no question about it that they are praying to the same God we are. There's only one God. And there's no question that they've got the same Bible, assuming it's a Catholic edition of the Bible, but they've got the same Bible that we've got. So they're right on those things. What happens when we sit with Scripture by ourselves is we are encountering the speaker. God the Father is there with us because of that inspired word that's sitting in front of us. The problem is, what if you want to encounter the second person of the Trinity? The word made flesh. We can only do that here. Because as Catholics, we believe that a miracle happens at every Mass. The bread and wine are consecrated into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. He becomes physically present in this church every time you go to Mass. And we have an intimate encounter with him when we receive communion. You're not going to get that intimate encounter with the physical presence of Christ with a Bible in your lap in your bedroom. And so we miss out, in some sense, on an encounter with the second person of the Trinity. And then think about that third person for a minute. Again, an experience I've had many times, and I'll bet you have too. You're reading the Bible, and you read a verse, or a paragraph, or a chapter, and you look at it and go, I have no idea what this is talking about. I don't understand the story. I don't know who the characters are. I don't know what the background is. I have no idea what's going on here. That's very common. And so what happens is we end up shooting from the hip. We kind of try to interpret it ourselves and say, well, this is what I think is happening here. Well, that's pretty dangerous. It would be much better if we could rely on the inspired word of people that have been writing and speaking about it for 2,000 years, and you have that opportunity in the church. When you come to Mass here, when Father Jeff and I preach a homily like I'm doing right now, That is our opportunity to call on the Holy Spirit to try to help us all to interpret and make sense of the word that we've heard from Scripture that day. And you certainly noticed how we oftentimes draw upon, we'll say, well, earlier in this homily, I referred to to Bishop Robert Barron. Sometimes we'll talk about, we'll draw on, you know, St. Augustine or St. Thomas Aquinas or the Apostles. What we're doing is we're taking 2,000 years worth of tradition, church history, and and, uh, scriptural commentaries and pulling those together and helping us to make sense of what the Holy Spirit has been saying about those scripture passages so that we're not shooting from the hip. So what happens is when you come to Mass, you have this opportunity to spend some time with the physical presence of Jesus and to be inspired by the Holy Spirit that interprets the Scripture for you. We're not going to get that sitting in our bedroom by ourselves reading Scripture. Which, by the way, I'm not going to say is a bad thing, because I do it, right? And hopefully you do too, to take some time to read Scripture by yourself in, in, in your own prayer space. That's a good thing. But I think that what happens is we want to use that as a way to supplement what we do here in the church when we gather together as community to celebrate the liturgy. Because the fullness of our encounter with the Trinity happens here at Mass and in the Catholic Church. So today we give thanks to God for his presence in our lives as speaker, word, and interpreter, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in encountering him in these three persons, it allows us to be able to engage with God and to access him 
in many ways. And so we conclude by praying together that prayer that gives all glory to the Trinity. Please pray with me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.